Welcome to the Movie Babies. I'm Devin. I'm Sean. And this is the Trailer Review Podcast. Or is it? Oh. I think we've got something special in store today. What do you mean, Sean? Well, other than our usual standard issue rambling session about movies that we've maybe seen that week and uh, some trailers that we might be reviewing, we thought we'd take a little cue from old Oscar mm. and perhaps award some of these trailers that we've been reviewing for the last year with some special accolades because we all know art needs to be in a competition in order to validate it. Those were a lot of words you just said, Sean. I think what you meant to say was, welcome to the first annual Movies Award. Wait. Hollywood. Movies? Do, 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 Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, me, movies. Let me make sure I got what you, uh-huh. what you wrote down on this piece of paper. <laughs> the Movies, yep. spelled M-U-B-I-E-S, <laughs> is our award that we give to trailers. Am you, I correct in assuming? You got it. Oh, what okay. else would it be called? It's a movie. It's a movie. All right. I like it. We have some categories. We've got a very few amount of categories, so don't worry, folks. This isn't (laughs) going to be like the Oscars where it's a six-hour affair. You will be bored, though. You'll be bored, but it'll be for different reasons, and we'll try to keep it brief. And there will be no, like, like, what's Kyle Rowe wearing to the party? Guess what? Kyle Rowe's not here. But there will be an opening song number. (laughs) Okay. Wait, you're pointing at me. I'm pointing at you. <laughs> we, one, two, three, improvise a, an opening song? Yeah. One, two, three. Put on a hat and put on some shoes. You're not contributing. Put on my dress and put on my makeup. It's, it's time, time for the movies. You gotta talk about good trailers, talk about bad trailers. Talk about everything in between. That's it's what happens when you that's the chorus of the song, Sean. You just keep going back to it. Okay. Do, 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 do. No different rhyme schemes or syllables because that'll screw it up. Bum, 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 bum. And here's the last part. It's going to leave an impact. Here it comes. I hope you're ready for that. Here it comes. The biggest part of the song. Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit. Guess what? We could say that on our award show. We can just straight up say that. That's the power that the movie babies have. We don't have to dance around it. No. Although I was dancing. You were. That was pretty good dancing. Uh, and then, what, an um, opening monologue? Oh, yeah. Okay, go um, for it. Sh- so, Shape of the Water, huh? <laughs> more like Shape of a Barbie, because he had, you didn't okay. see the dick. You never saw the dick. Oh, you never saw the dick. Okay, yeah. Unlike this show, you will see the dick. <laughs> or at least you'll hear about it. You're going to hear a lot about the dick. So our categories are... Best trailer of the year. It makes sense. Worst trailer of the year. That's more of my style. <laughs> Best trailer to worst movie of the year. Meaning we really dug the trailer, but the movie ended up sucking. Worst trailer to best movie. What mm. you said, but reverse it. Makes sense. Worst remixing of a pop song. Kind of been complaining about this for a long time. It's those yes. take a popular song, have a soft voice, cover it. Throw in some strings and some, like, water droplet sound effects. You got yourself a emo cover. A lot of nominations for that one. Ooh, there's and quite a few. the most confusing categories, the NBCU Movie Babies Cinematic Universe Award, where you find the best way to movie babies it. You can Home Alone it. You can Ghostbuster it. You can combine franchises. We're going to find the ultimate 
movie baby film we could make. Okay, excellent. I That's a little got... more like using your, what's the creative side of the brain? Uh, I've heard of that. I think it's um, the middle. Yeah. Use the middle part of your brain. Where do you want to start, Sean? I this, feel like... No rules. Let's dive in in the middle. Let's okay. talk about best trailer to worst movie. Now in this category, what I considered was my ranking for the trailer was high. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to go see the movie, I was so disappointed. Or maybe I just took a second thought and realized like, oh, I was... I was goofed up the whole time. Like, yes. this was not worthy of any praise. You got some nominations for I this bad boy? I have two. And there's probably more that I could have thrown in, but I felt like neck and neck at the top of my list for, I enjoyed the trailer, but the movie sucked, was Valerian and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Valerian started really strong in that it was like, okay, it's this sci-fi universe that I'm not super familiar with, so I'm seeing some different, th some not like, oh, it's a franchise that I know. Now, it is based on this graphic novel as we come to discover, but it's a little more niche. It's a little less like the Emoji movie, where it's like, Yeah, duh. I had never heard of it. Yeah. So it was out there uh, making waves to someone, but not us. So I appreciated that. I thought the casting was weird. I thought, obviously, Luc Besson is like, whatever he's gonna do is gonna be weird, but the fun factor looked through the roof. As did the fun factor of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. A lot of cool stuff going on in the imagery, the gags in the trailer were pretty funny. I think mm -hmm. we both agreed that we liked the comedy value there. But when I saw that movie, I was like falling asleep during it. I wanted to like walk around the lobby for a while. I was just really irritated by its lack of coherence yes. and it's rambling, wandering plot with Kurt Russell being the, the twist ending bad guy. And it didn't feel like a movie to me. It just felt like a action figure fight. It was a mishmash. Well, we have one shared nomination already. Do we? I also nominated Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. The trailer, as you said, was fun. It looked like it was going to pick up where the first movie left off. And I was a fan, unlike you, of the first film. Mm. I thought it was pretty funny and pretty good. And that second Guardians just lost me. Yeah. It got bogged down on trying to do this character development, and none of it worked. No. And my other ones were Logan. That trailer, to me, is a nomination for one of the best trailers of the year. Okay. I really liked the use of the song in that one. Mm -hmm. I liked the gritty tone it was going for. It made me interested in the X-Men franchise, when I watched it, it's not a bad movie, but I didn't like it as much as I thought it might have. Yeah. Well, and we talked about that a little bit in yes. another episode, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then my last two are Rogue One and The Last Jedi. <laughs> Star Wars trailers get me pumped. Yeah. It's the music. They always have like good cinematography, like yeah. of the long shots. Mm -hmm. They feel very epic. I dislike Rogue One, and I very much hated The Last Jedi. Same. And so my number one choice that I'm putting up is The Last Jedi for me. That's going to be your uh, your actual. Yeah, that's my vote. nomination. That's my vote. Okay, I think I'm going to go with Valerian for okay. this one. And so how we decided to do this is we both pick our number one nomination mm -hmm. and then we'll battle them out to see who holds the title of best trailer to worst movie. And unlike other awards shows, we are going to enforce a rule of once you become the winner of this category, you can defend that title 
for multiple years. If mm-hmm. we end up doing one more of these, which is highly unlikely, <laughs> next year, if the Tailspin movie ends up being our choice for this category, <laughs> Tough Rocks Tailspin movie, you gotta battle whatever it is from this year. I love it. I love it. So it like, especially it was like these worst awards, mm-hmm. it's like, if you made that bad of a trailer, we're gonna shame you multiple <laughs> years for it. Okay. I'm at a disadvantage here already because I did not see the Valerian movie. Ah, interesting. Okay. And what was your pick again? The Last Jedi, a Star Last Wars Jedi. story. Yeah. I'll pitch you why I hated The Last yeah, Jedi go for it. so much. I was a fan of A Force Awakens, mm-hmm. but basically my like of that movie was based off what are they going to do on the second film? Yeah. Because they did a really nice job setting up all these new characters. I liked Finn, I liked Ray. There was a lot of interesting storylines they could have gone to, but the main complaint is like mm, kind of borrowing a lot from the old movies. Doesn't feel like there's anything new. Let's see where the second film goes to. The Last Jedi, how they decide to juggle all of these interesting plot points and plot hooks is to throw them in the garbage <laughs> can, turn on the garbage disposal, mm-hmm. and then put it in a milkshake and make you drink it. Yeah, it was brutal. I read an interview with him, too, where he like said Abrams didn't. There was no script for what to do, and so he was like, I don't know what to do with all these plot points. He just like threw these plot points in the first film. And Hit was like, this, this, and this, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah, and so the other guy was like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to do my own thing. It's like, I would be so excited. Like, that's your job, right, as a mm-hmm. writer? Is Make those Satisfying conclusions, and to me... That's kind of what we do on this show a lot. It's like, here's <laughs> some pieces of half a story of yep. this trailer. What's an interesting way you could like make a movie out of that? And so the fact that he could not do that job. Too excited to cash the check. Not excited yep. enough to do the work. And he is a good director, too. So I was excited about this director. Yeah. I think the trailer looked interesting. I was excited from the first movie to this one. So my disappointment level was just at an all-time high, which is why I think it has to be the best trailer to worst movie. I feel you on that one. I just come at it from the slightly different angle of I'm not pumped when I see the Star Wars trailers. I'm kind of dreading them. (laughs) And all the things that might hype you, I'm like, well, I know that's just clever editing to make this movie look like it's epic and cinematic and, like, probably, you know, pretty profound or whatever with, like, it's moral message or whatever, and it's none of those things. And mm-hmm. they do those trailers specifically so that you don't see the like little like quote unquote jar jars that are gonna disrupt the enjoyment of this movie. So I don't go into that with that same enthusiasm. Why Valerian does it for me is because I <laughs> didn't have a frame of reference to already hate it. I yes. was like, ooh, I can be pleasantly surprised by this, and that's where it it kind of levels out. But I think I will concede to your pick because we both saw the movie and know the result being how heinous it was. Yeah, they basically picked like the three or four little like frames that they could show you for that teaser trailer to be like, look, we're making a cool Star Wars movie. And Mm -hmm. it's like, now I got to sit through the other like two hours of it that are just so bogus. So let's say, let's say we agree on this one. Best trailer to worst movie. Star Wars The Last Jedi, you are the new champion. Ooh. Fitting that 
our first award goes to a Star Wars film since that was one of the first trailers we reviewed. Oh, was it Rogue was. One. Yeah. The That's fake weird. trailer. <laughs> That's right. We reviewed a fan-made trailer. Uh, yeah, we know what we're doing here. All right. Well, should we go to worst trailer to best movie yeah, then? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Category yeah. number two, the worst trailer to the best movie. So likewise for this one, I kind of thought about like what trailer just really was off-putting to me and I had really low hopes and a really like I love robots kind of attitude about. But once I saw it, I was like, oh, I, this just, this hit me from a different angle than I was expecting it. And maybe they, it, whoever cut the trailer was trying to make it for this market. But really, in my mind, this movie should have been for this market. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of false advertising there. To which I brought up two. And as I say this, I'm a little hesitant because Mother, the teaser trailer, yes. is going to go up there. As we saw the trailer, I was like, what the f Fuck, like, I don't like this, like, retro, like, if you only see one movie this year, make it Mother. Like, I, that didn't work for me as, like, a schlocky kind of, like, grindhouse kind of approach to selling this movie. I tried to YouTube that trailer where it was specifically, like, see one movie this year. Mm -hmm. That was, like, I think a theater-exclusive trailer. I think you're right, because it, like, ended with, like, you can get tickets now at Regal. Like, walk outside and buy a ticket right now. And it was very strange. It was very strange, and for what ended up being like a like more intellectual, like allegorical, uh, over most NASCAR fans' heads as far as like mm -hmm. what it was trying to do. And I'm still surprised how many people are like, I didn't get it. And it's like, are you kidding me? It was like, uh, maybe not the right way to advertise this. But then after I saw the movie, and I really did enjoy the movie and everything it was going for, I did kind of like enjoy the fact that they were like, we don't know what the fuck to do with this. Let's just sell it as like this Alfred Hitchcock trailer. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, maybe I don't hate that. Like, how would you have sold that movie? Like, Yeah. And I also like the, not the theater trailer, but the other trailer where it has that kind of like violin music, like that. Yep. Like it kind of gives you that unsettling vibe. Mm. And I like that film as well. I don't know if I liked the analogy as much mm. because to me it was like okay they're gonna do like a bible thing okay it's not gonna be that it's not gonna be that and then when it was i was like oh okay why did you think it wasn't gonna be that i was just thought because it was they were kind of on the nose with it oh yeah it's very on the nose <laughs> so i was like okay well it can't be this because it's so on the nose and so part of me i feel like would love that movie more so if it was just a lady where crazy people keep coming into her like mm. life and it's kind of left ambiguous in that sense it's like a wild fellini mm -hmm. film is this a dream or is this real yeah. life kind of thing okay um but i i did enjoy that movie yeah and first trailer with the unsettling violin score i think really captured nice. the element of that film uh my other choice was chips <laughs> really thought that was like a shithead, bro, sexist, crappy movie coming at us. And maybe it was. But the cool thing that they did in the movie that they do not allude to in the trailer, and I think we talked about this in an episode where I, after I had seen it, I mm -hmm. mentioned, maybe mentioned this. Uh, well, they gave the two leads characters relationship angle where they're constantly questioning their masculinity and, and their relationship and like what's too far in a friendship of like hoof dudes and everything. Mm -hmm. And I like appreciated that because it was a little more on the level of like questioning itself mm -hmm. here are these cops cops suck we all know it <laughs> and these two bros who happen to be cops are they know it as well yes. you know pleasantly surprised by chips and thought it was pretty funny i wish i saw that one that's a strong contender because that trailer 
was awful. Yeah, it's really bogus. It, and it looked very homophobic. Mm-hmm. It looked very like sexist. It like was clicking all the checking all the boxes. So my contenders are Jumanji. Okay. It's not a good trailer. I was kind of bummed about the changes from my beloved '95 film Jumanji mm-hmm. versus this new one with the video game stuff and right. And I saw it today, specifically for this episode. Maybe I should have saw Chips. Yeah. It was better than I thought. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit funnier. We have some community writers. I wasn't as adverse to the video game concept because I, like, they kind of present Jumanji as this, as we discussed in the episode, as like an evil spirit who's like, People don't like board games anymore. I will be a video game. Hello, I'm R.L. Stein. Yeah, I liked that. I thought it was just so cheesy, dumb, kidsy that I I did appreciate that about it. But a lot of problems in that film still. Yeah. yeah. Some of the character development is pretty iffy. And the bad guy and the action sequences are boring. Yeah. Like, a lot of repeat beats with the quote-unquote nerdy gal who becomes the fighter chick mm-hmm. doing the same kind of beat down to the song twice. Like, And that, her character was frustrating because they very much, like, sexualized her. Oh, yeah. And I thought they were going to, like, subvert, adver- that, subvert that at some yeah. point. They no. never do. No. And her power is dance fighting. And she never does that because it's like they pick a bad song. Mm-hmm. It's like some slow ass song, like Lady in Red or something. Yeah, yeah. and then they she just like sexy slow dances with them. Yeah. to distract them. I was like, no, no you're missing the no. point here. There needs to be like some break dancing that if that has some like Caribbean martial arts thrown in there. <laughs> right, like, that's what her power needed to be. A lot of my problems were easy fixes for that one. <laughs> yeah. um, my other choice was Black Panther, not the teaser, but the first trailer. Okay. That teaser got me really hyped. Mm-hmm. The first trailer kind of showed me, like, we're doing the same gimmick of the main villain is you, but slightly different. Yep. You got now, your doppelganger. Yep. And so my love for that went down. Mm-hmm. Finally saw Black Panther. I love that movie. Oh, did not love Black Panther. That might be for another discussion, though. It's a pretty... I can go toe-to-toe about this one. Okay, we'll put a pin in this one. Do you want to? Yeah, okay. Because, yeah, we're going to have a Black Panther... Just have a college years brawl over Black Panther. I would love to do that. Okay, Okay. cool. And then my nomination that I'm going to do is Coco. Okay. We watched a teaser that I think we both love, mm-hmm. where it's just him watching a video of the main... His hero. His hero. guitar and wooing the ladies and stuff. I'm nominating that first trailer where they're stuck in Ugh, yeah. the deportation center. It looks and like the whole movie's going to take place there. Yeah, they don't show off any of the colorful locations, mm-hmm. any of the rich character development where... I love the Pixar films, but I was questioning, like, oh, this might, this does not look good at all. Yeah. This looks like maybe a Cars type of film here. And then I saw that movie, and Coco is probably my favorite movie I saw. Really? Of last year. Oh, okay. I really think the character development in that movie and the storyboarding was just, like, top notch. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced that all movies should do should be animated basically because they're in development for like two or three years (laughs) 
And I listened to multiple interviews about this film. They're free to change parts of the film that doesn't work mm -hmm. up to the final animation process. Oh. So, like, they they have a lot of freedom. Like, hey, this scene doesn't work. How about we tweak it? Okay. I, a lot of interviews of, like, the storyboard people being able to pitch to the director. Like, hey, I thought of this idea. What mm -hmm. do you think of it? And the director being like, yeah, let's use it. That's really cool. I like that, like, best idea wins kind of... Yeah, because that approach. is not... You would get fired if you tried that Big in time. the other film. I liked that all the actors were Hispanic of some sort. The kid was like a legit kid actor. Mm -hmm. They had like a Hispanic watch group watch the films and be like, hey, maybe tweak, okay. tweak this. Yeah, Blown away by that film. I liked it quite a bit, and but that trailer was awful. I agree with you. I think you just convinced me. All right. Uh, that movie also had the nice surprise of tickling me where I love to be tickled in that it, spoilers for Coco, destroys celebrity culture. I like that the main guy was being looked up to as this like epitome of like that. I wish I could leave my family and be this guy, like mm -hmm. that little thing that maybe a lot of like youngsters have in their life of like, oh, why isn't Susan Sarandon my mother? That was my weird obsession when I was And a kid. the timing of that, right? Yeah. Because this movie, like I said, it was in production like three or four years ago, and it really came head to head where all our heroes are yeah, off garbage people. And that's what happened with this one. He got sold out by this the hero character who was a piece of shit, and uh, his father ended up actually being this kind of joke to him, sidekick character who ended up being his main inspiration, which is like, oh, I love that. That's perfect for the climate. Like, uh, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really into Coco. Okay, you you won me over. I agree with you. All right, so we got another new champion, worst trailer to best movie, Coco. Coco. Welcome. Anything to declare? Uh, as a matter of fact, yes. Good reveal of that name, too. Yeah. The title of the name, we didn't know what it was, and then when you find out, it's it's like, that it's, dang, it got me. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff, Coco. Well, we should we go to worst remixing of a pop song? Yeah, let's divide it up here. I've got a lot of these, so I'm curious if you have any that I missed out. And I qualified this in a, in a particular way. So we're talking worst remixing of a pop song. I'm disqualifying straight up uses of songs. Okay. So for instance, Kingsman had my way pretty straight up. Not a contender in my book. And ACDC is on our Movie Babies band list. But I'm pretty sure Back in Black was straight up just used and not remixed. Yes. For, and that was for Death, Death Wish. Wish. Fucking hell. That was the end credits music. I did see Death Wish. Oh. Terrible. We'll talk about that. Yeah. We had the cover of The Beatles Come Together for the Justice League. Oh, yeah. We had another brick in the wall, the Pink Floyd for New Mutants trailer. We had the fire for the Sacred Deer, which is a special contender because the character is actually singing it rather than it coming just on the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. We had In the Club, Happy Death Day, Ocean Song from Jane's Addiction for Flatliners, which is like a blink if you missed it one. Because by the Beatles for Valerian, Louis Armstrong's Wonderful World for Geostorm, the Flaming Lips Do You Realize for Transformers. Oh, yeah, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean emo-fied or like dubstep remixed its own little theme. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Nature Boy by Nat King Cole for Alien Covenant. Power by Kanye for Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. And there was a second remix of Crazy in Love for Fifty Shades 
Darker, mm -hmm. which was by Miguel instead of Beyonce. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Some of those I liked. Yeah, some of them I like too. I just wanted to throw the ones that were actually like they changed, they did a cover that was yeah. changed into this format that we kind of are talking no, about. No, you, you nailed that category. The only one I would also nominate is Justice League: The Heroes trailer, where they covered David Bowie's. Uh, oh God, I forgot Heroes. about that. So that's one of my main nominations. That might be mine too. <laughs> but God uh, damn it, the one that really hit me was the New Mutants. Brick in the wall. We don't need <laughs> no education. I believe we did that one yep. with with uh, Mike. With Mike. Yeah. And just that was in my head <laughs> the rest of the day. Oh man. But we have noticed a trend lately that maybe when we started the show there was more of these type of covers, and lately it's become pretty much straight up usage again. Mm -hmm. Like they're not even bothering to do a cover version. They're just throwing the track. Maybe there's some sort of like fire cell in their record studios. Like, please just use the original. Um, honorable mention for one that we did not cover mm -hmm. because it just kind of came out, but for Hurricane Heist, they did the Scorpions Rock Me Like a Hurricane. And in that trailer, they do such a bad job of trying to quote unquote remix it by just having the here I am, here I am, just like on a button I that they just that keep one. hitting. I think that's a 2008 release. So that 2018. Might be, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> did I say eight? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably been clicking around for about that long. It's okay. I'm just 10 years behind. <laughs> just let me catch up. Yeah, it's uh, definitely not up for grabs for this one. Next, I, next year, though. Yeah. So I think I'm going to nominate the New Mutants one. Okay. Which, which one do you want to... I'm up? with you. I want to nominate the Heroes for Justice League because it's just such a bad version of it. And it's so stupidly obvious of like a choice of like, oh, this song says Heroes in it. It has nothing to do with that. It's just like yeah. totally like you looked at your iTunes playlist and you went, it's a movie about Heroes. The song's called Heroes. Holy shit. Holy shit. My job right. just did itself. At least the Pink Floyd one on New Mutants, it kind of maybe goes with the horror vibe of it. Cause it goes with that, and the it alludes to the deeper uh, mythology of the New Mutants being students of Professor Xavier's school. And That's true. At all, this hospital they're tied into is like a testing ground or like a um, cerebro kind of, mm -hmm. what do you call them, holographic kind of situation. Danger room. Danger room kind of thing. Then I'm in for its usage to be kind of like a hint at that. At, at like the Pink Floydness of it, mm -hmm. like very trippy and second. Justice League Heroes then. You done, son. The worst remixing of a pop song, Justice League, the Heroes trailer. <laughs> people we don't know to risk their lives. Strong man is strong as alone. You ever heard that? That's not a saying. That's the opposite of what the saying is. I made him a promise. This is why I brought you together. Bad news. And now to our most convoluted awards segment, the MBCU, the Movie Baby Cinematic Universe, award. Tim, this one is where I've got some options for you. For this category where we are allowed to kind of movie baby it, as it's been said, to copyright, combine copyright. things. What I've put together for you is a couple collisions of 
movie trailers that we have reviewed that I'm going to pitch you which one you want me to try to explain to you. Basically, the gimmick of our show is instead of, let's say, Marvel, mm -hmm. where they connect all their films, the NBCU connects all movies yeah. and all trailers into one shared franchise. We were there first, Radio Player One, so back the fuck up. <laughs> Here's what I got for you. I've got a combination film where Collateral Beauty, yep, the Will Smith, Am I Talking to Ghosts movie, Am I a Crazy Person, yep, is combined with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Okay, okay I where, don't see the connection. Wherein Star-Lord, after his mother dies, spends his whole life in this state of not knowing if he's a crazy person who's out in space with these aliens <laughs> or if he's legitimately out in space with these aliens. And then, spoiler, it's just his friends trying to scam him. We'll find out. Got a combination Dog's Purpose versus Boss Baby, wherein the Boss <laughs> Baby just keeps getting killed and is resurrected. <laughs> I love it because you're like... What can be more gruesome than a dog dying over and over again? Uh, an animated baby. baby with Alec Baldwin's voice. <laughs> okay, I like that one. That's option two. Uh, God, I've got too many of these. Lego Fifty Shades. Okay, hit me. I did a Lego one too. Okay, so it's the, the romance between Anastasia and uh, Mr. Gray uh, in Lego form. <laughs> so they are like whining the, and dining and 69ing in Lego fashion. It's like the South Park movie with the puppets. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a... Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. The marionette fuck scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of that. We've got Logan versus Cars 3, wherein the titular car becomes... He's so old, he's just driving around a post-apocalyptic landscape with like a little tiny like sidecar little character. Can we also add Baby Driver in there where he has to listen to like music? Sure. And it's only like the, I heard myself <laughs> Yeah, today. just a very gritty Cars 3. I think we've already riffed this one before. Dave made a maze jigsaw style. Oh, yeah. To where he, the girlfriend comes home and Dave has created these elaborate cardboard <laughs> Rube Goldberg devices to try to <laughs> test her, her, like, her loyalty to him by like, <laughs> making these elaborate Okay, traps. it's an origin story of him as like maybe a teenager, so okay. he doesn't have like the wealth yet to set up these elaborate like warehouses yeah exactly he's just doing it in his apartment <laughs> he's just like demoing <laughs> blueprints they're just like all proof of concepts i love it okay and then i've got <laughs> i don't remember where my mind was with this one but it's a my little pony either meeting flatliners where the ponies <laughs> flatline each other to get like <laughs> to get like a, a very intense high. Okay, here's my I want them to flatline and then they become real horses. Okay. Like that's the reality oh, they go into. Okay. I like that. That's really good. And then like people just keep trying to fuck them. Yeah. They're like, what mm -hmm. is this? Or it's kind of like a killing of the sacred My Little Pony situation. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. Okay, so, so that's lost no on you. Yeah, um, Those are very strong because mine are very lazy attempts where I just added words together. Oh, okay. Do so you have pun titles? So like Lego Alien, mm -hmm. a Star Wars story. It's just the alien versus Star Wars. And it's the Star Wars people battling the alien. And you can Freddy Krueger it where maybe the alien is the hero of the story. Okay, I like it. And then they're all in Lego form. So when they use the force powers, it's just Legos like blowing up. I like it. I'm pretty into Lego crossover with anything that we reviewed this year. Surprisingly. Lego Beguiled. 
<laughs> Lego is a great franchise because also the Lego video games, there's like a million of them. And they're like really popular. All of right? them are really fun. Yeah. It's just fun to blow things up with in Lego form. I guess so. The other easy one was Rough Nights versus Girls Trip Fist Fight. Nice. I like that. Just get those two teams together. Yeah, and battle. And I here's mean, some that I remembered. I'm sure there was a lot more that we have pitched over the last 40 episodes or so. Sure, hit me. Universal Monsters as Breakfast Cereal Monsters. So Count Chocula, oh, yeah, yeah, Frankenberry, yeah. Booberry, made as sort of a monster squad mm-hmm. reboot, if you will. Instead of the Universal Monsters, it's the serial General Mill monsters nice. coming to life, and the kids have to battle them. Shout out to Chris Patton, who for his birthday rented out the limelight and made some short films, and one of them was a breakfast cereal characters yes. as a reunion of old stand-up comedians. <laughs> so kind of touched touched on that area and did a pretty killer Very job doing it. Jigsaw Home Alone, mm-hmm. which we didn't really come up with, but I think it fits our you know gimmick of Home Aloneing it. And here you have Jigsaw. I know Bobby came on the show, and we really, I think, solidified that conspiracy theory. Yeah, Kevin McAllister growing up to become Jigsaw is this internet fan theory that I guess we became aware of. Mm -hmm. But really, it kind of writes itself in that that's the next logical step for that character once he's got a taste for burglar blood or bad guy blood. He starts creating elaborate ways to trap them and torture them. Also from that episode, our behind-the-scene spin-off show of The Worker's who have to set up the warehouses. And clean it up after these giant messes. I think that's by far my favorite one that we've come up with. I just really want to see that. That would It'd be, be great. a great film. Yeah. And then the last one I remember was with uh, Anna, Baywatch and Chips filmed simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> and, and during the each movie, you can see the other movie like taking place in the, in the background. All of the episode of Community where like in the background of the main storyline, Abed is delivering a baby. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. So I those were some that. other ones that we've discussed over the years. This is going to be a tough. This might be our toughest this award be, yet. Yeah. This is going to take a. Lot, there's just so much content, and a lot of it is really, really good. I'm going to pit my best idea against your best idea. Okay. Sure. I'm throwing at you. Collateral Beauty versus Guardians of the Galaxy. The one I want to see is the Universal Monsters breakfast cereals as Monster Squad. Okay, so walk me through this. We've got kind of in the in the vein of the what was going to be the Universal Dark Universe. They keep trying to reboot this dead, pun intended, franchise, mm. and they can't do it. It's hilarious the amount of times they go, okay, I, Frankenstein, this is the start. Oh shit, that bombed. Yeah. Never mind, never mind. The mummy. This is the start. Oh shit, that bomb too. We had Tom Cruise. How did this bomb? They're desperate for a franchise. Mm-hmm. Also, I never grew up with Monster Squad. I oh, saw really? it for the first time a couple years ago. You're kidding. That movie is fantastic. That's so up your alley. Yeah. It's so good. Mm. They need to make it come back. And it's such a great idea too. Yeah. It was Avengers before. That was even the Twinkle and Truth. Josh Whedon's eye. Yeah, do you want to talk about the... Uh, do you want to be a part of the uh, Monster Squad initiative? <laughs> yeah. I'll be um, Toucan Sam, maybe, <laughs> with like an eye patch. The Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury of it. He's like, 
I gotta put the team together. <laughs> so, in this idea, is it kids battling these monsters? The monsters have come, become sentient, become uh, anthropomorphic off of the cereal boxes. They're running yes. a havoc. And then kids who recognize them from their breakfast cereal boxes are like, we got to capture these monsters. Yes, because the kids know who they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And they go, there's only one way to defeat them. We got to put them in milk and leave them in for too long. <laughs> okay, that's how it starts. Mm -hmm. But what we find is it becomes to be kind of like that episode of Rick and Morty where like the Lucky Charms guy gets disemboweled by the hungry kids. Yeah. Because like just like all those old commercials, the kids are like so overly like sugar-lusted, enthusiastic about yeah. the cereals and the characters that it's really we're on the side of the monsters trying to get away. From the children. From the children. Who want to just eat them and destroy them. Yeah, exactly. I also like the idea of since it is cutie like cereal box monsters mm. that the violence is just through the roof so graphic yeah. so intense would you redesign them a la like in the mummy where they have like a sexy toilet paper mummy chick oh or no they it's just, look... just them like animated versions of them coming out i wouldn't necessarily cgi it mm -hmm. i still like that practical effects you want like a who frame roger rabbit kind of thing that yeah. could work that'd be really cool but mainly i want the scene where a fat kid kicks booberry in the balls and says booberry has booberries well let's uh let's see if we can best that <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll put it in as a placeholder line and when the script gets finalized maybe we'll workshop that a bit pitch me yours okay so i so i haven't seen collateral beauty but i know the twist yeah, of it well it doesn't even matter like the, the idea that we're sold in the trailer is that he doesn't know if what's real and who who's real and what's going on, and it's from the trauma of his child dying. When Star Lord's mother dies as he's a child, we kind of flash forward to him as his event, and this can be like all framed in like a what if, if like Marvel wants to like kind of have their try at this. Elseworld. Yeah, exactly. Where once the trauma of that happening occurs. He just goes into his little mixtape, which is pretty obsessive compulsive already, yes. and shuts out the world. And like these characters start being kind of manufactured by his subconscious to kind of like keep him safe and like give him purpose. And so Batista is like death, and like Gamora <laughs> is like love. Sure, yeah, they can like represent things. Yeah, that would probably be better than what they actually represent in the movie which is nothing they're all the same <laughs> but in collateral beauty trailer he thinks that he's talking to love and death and yeah i think in this one he would just be more sold that he's like on an adventure but okay. maybe they do hold deeper subtextual meaning or whatever mm -hmm. like maybe he's just like crawling through the trash with an actual raccoon but he thinks <laughs> he's in an outer space adventure in with the this... movie are we the audience aware like do we cut to him like in space with the raccoon, and then we cut back to Earth, and he's wrestling around in the garbage with a well, real-life raccoon. Either it's a reveal, like mm -hmm. Collateral Beauty, or we play it the way that's a little more interesting to me. The whole time, you get both sides, and you don't know which one is the hallucination. So oh, either yeah. our Star-Lord, who we know as the hero, yes. is thinking, oh my god, am I crawling through the trash with like a tree and a, and a raccoon baby? Mm -hmm. Or is the crazy kid fantasizing the intergalactic adventure and those two timelines converge to the end and then we find out the end which one is true or maybe we never find we it. have a life of pie situation did this boy really travel with a tiger or did he 
make this up to mask the pain of the real world. Right, exactly. And then at the end, we pull back and it's just Chris Pratt, like with drool and like just looking like super, like 10,000 mile stare. And the camera pulls back and he's in a hospital gown and like a wheelchair and he's mm -hmm. in the New Mutants hospital. And we pull back further and he's on a spaceship and now it's that. <laughs> and it is real. <laughs> but he is just crazy. What, what? And he's on, he's in outer space. <laughs> well, he's in the spaceship. What's that? Passengers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And there's yeah. a passenger situation. Yeah. Oh, God. So that's my idea. <laughs> Who's this more convoluted? Well, I want to say I still want to see the breakfast one. That's the one I'd pay money to see. Okay. But I, I'll give you the final vote here. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the breakfast one is too strong of an idea. Hold on, let me find it. I'm going to splice it in right here so you can hear this pitch. And go. <laughs> When is Hollywood going to start, like, plundering, like, blogs and, like, cookbooks? <laughs> and... I mean, they already did. Isn't that Fifty Shades of Grey? Oh, Grey? That started off as a blog fan fiction uh... of um, Tween Light. What was it? What? Tween Light? Twilight? Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> I really <laughs> struggled on that one. Is there any rock you can hide your story under these days that Hollywood won't? No, because guess what? That hands. rock is Groot, mm. and it's going to walk up, and it's going to start moving, mm. and then those ideas are going to come out. I think we've joked about this before. Breakfast mm -hmm. cereals? If they started making, adapting breakfast cereals into movies? Like, instead of doing this new Universal Movie Monsters idea that they want to roll out, I'd say scrap that. Get the rights from General Mills to do... <laughs> the Halloween-flavored cereal characters you do, as a franchise. You do Monster Squad. Yeah. And you make yes. all the monsters from breakfast, breakfast cereal. Because that's also, like, kid-friendly. Super. So that movie was kind of worked because it was in that time where kids that age were watching those Universal Hollywood right. movies. They were on, like, the reruns. They were on TV, and that's all you had. Yeah. But nowadays, you couldn't really pull it off. But... All kids nowadays have breakfast cereal. Yeah, and they still make those cereals. And they still make those cereal. So <laughs> if the cereals come to life, yeah. and it's Frankenberry and Count Chocula, yeah. and then you market the cereals with them, yeah, you go perfect. to the theater, you have you bring a cup of cereal with you, I think we just did it. We Hollywood, fixed Hollywood. Are you listening? It's us, Sean and Devin. We're, the, we're the ready to babies. bring you down. <laughs> And there's the winner for the <laughs> NBCU Movie Babies Cinematic Universe Award. I don't know what you just did. You just put a placeholder? Well, <laughs> I'm going to put the actual clip where we talk about it in the original episode. Well, right there? Right. right is this happening? There. Is this happening all in your head or is this real? <laughs> What's real? Maybe I'm in a hospital bed in space. It's likely. Well, folks, it's been fun here. The host, it's like the real Oscars where the oh, okay. just pop in. Like, yeah, yeah. oh shit, you're the host. You should come back at some point. Mm -hmm. It's like been an hour and 30 minutes and now the host finally shows up. Right. Hey guys, I'm back. Uh, hey, have some food. Hey, I'm George Clooney, you want a piece of ham? I heard that at the Oscars they threw hot dogs. Like Ansel Elgort threw hot dogs at yeah. like vegetarians. Why would they do that? I hope someone tries to sue them. <laughs> Are you, are you privy to that guy's pop career prior no, to his know. baby driving? I don't know who you're talking about. The baby driver. He's a pop star? He's a pop star, and we need to watch his music videos after we get done here. I'm into They're it. They're heinous. 
Keith turned me on to these, and I've been destroying Lane's life with them ever since because I'm very obsessed with how awful they are. I liked him in Baby Driver. He does not seem like a charismatic pop star. No, he's like... He's like the mutant, caged, chained in the basement little brother of Justin Timberlake. It's like, we don't want to talk about Ansel Elgort. He's, uh, he's our Quasimodo of the family. Well, now I'm thinking we should go back to the NBCU award. <laughs> a new contender. But instead of that, we're going to get to our final two big ones of the night. Do you want to answer? I was going to do worst trailer first. You want to do worst trailer first? I want to do best trailer first. Really? I feel like it's more on brand for us. <clears throat> okay. To that's fair. Make the pinnacle of our whole evening about the worst trailer of the year, rather than the best trailer. Of the You're year. right. Because if there's one thing that holds true about this show, is we're a bunch of babies who like to complain about movies. Right. Nothing can be good enough. So let's get to the best trailer of the year. I have a lot of nominations. You got nominations? I got one, so let's hear your nominations. All right, so Shape of the Water. I loved the gimmick of the sounds matching up with the action. You love that. I know you do. There's an Amelie monster theme to it. I like the music of it. Mm -hmm. Phantom Thread. You like the Phantom Thread trailer? I did. I like the piano piece and how throughout that trailer, the piano, which you think of kind of like a gentle... Mm -hmm. A uh, piece of music. It just keeps keep getting more hectic and hectic. Mm-hmm. I also like that film, and I liked how they used the lines in the film in this trailer, where they seem a lot more sinister. Yeah, maybe in the trailer, mm-hmm. Thor trailer, I liked quite you, a you bit. You liked the Ragnarok. It was funny. We're friends from work. I like the colors. I like the Valkyrie. Still one of my favorite shots. The Valkyries on the wing mm-hmm. horses coming down. It was like, it's like r- that Kanye music video. <laughs> it's like yeah. rainbows like coming out of their dicks. It's, it's great. <laughs> I like the killing of the sacred deer. Cool um, trailer. Yep. Trailer. Sells the thriller tone of that film. Yep, very creepy. The mother trailer I liked with the plucking of the music. You love the music. You're, like, really affected by interesting uses of music. I think it really sells the vibe you're selling for a trailer. You do realize in the Resident Evil final trailer, they took that Guns N' Roses song and put a lot of, like, gun click sound effects into it, and, like, that should be right up your alley, too, right? It's... I liked it more Shape of the Water vibe, where it's not, like, gun clicking. It's more like Tarzan, where it's like, oh, my broom is a part of the music. (laughs) Versus, like, my gun is making a noise. Why is that Tarzan? Because remember the Tarzan scene where, it's like, Rosie O'Donnell is like, here's a bedpan, here's the sink, and they're, like, making music out of all of it? Is this in the Brendan Fraser? No, the like, animated No, that's George one. of the Jungle. <laughs> the animated <laughs> one. And it's also probably from, like, a classic 50s, like, musical where they first did that, but... Have you ever seen Stomp Out Loud? You're going to love it. It's a bunch of musicians who take everyday objects. Uh-huh. You think it's a basketball? No, that's a bass drum. You yeah. think it's a garbage can lid? No, that's a garbage can lid that kind of vaguely sounds like a cymbal. Look, music moves me, Sean. <laughs> you should know that. And I feel like a film that was very underrated and forgotten this award season, the Lego Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Not nominated for an animated award. Oh, okay. And the first Lego movie wasn't nominated. What does Oscar have against Legos? Does he have like a villain origin story where Oscar late one night went to get a pizza or a hot dog, if you will, and he stepped on his 
son's Golden Globes uh, Lego collection and hurt his foot. I think um, Mr. Lego is involved in some type of sexual, racist, hate <laughs> crime scandal. Sounds... They just are trying to blacklist the Lego. Oscar is just washing nah, his hands. We don't. Too, time's up, Lego. You got to <laughs> chill out with that. Happy Death Day. Ooh. Love that trailer. It's my favorite one. 50 Cent's It's Your Birthday was a brilliant use of that song. If you mean in the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it goes, it's your birthday. Yeah, he does say that in the song, in the club. <laughs> and it's like, isn't it all in the, in the intro? I like the reveal of the Groundhog Day element in mm-hmm. that trailer. The Black Panther teaser trailer. Yeah. Got me really pumped. Yep. He has like the Batman reveal of the Panther. Mm-hmm. He looks very cool. The in music, that. the costumes, the colors. It kind of shows you like, hey, we're going all in on this film. Mm-hmm. Look at that person. She has a plate in her mouth. <laughs> Look at this person. Look at, she has earrings on. Yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the Lion King. Yeah, I love the Lion King. I know you do. Sean, you're... You know you're looking like a big racist right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm fully prepared. You to hated have that. the you hated the Wonder Woman trailer. <laughs> you hate Black Panther movie. You just need to watch yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Logan. It got me interested in seeing an X Men movie, which is hard to do. Very hard, <laughs> tall task. And my nomination for the best trailer of the year is Girls Trip. Ooh, okay. We reviewed it in College Years number six. Mm-hmm. And in that review, I think the most impressive thing is every joke in that trailer managed to top itself in the movie. That's true. It also lasted upon repeat viewings of the trailer. Like, I thought Mm -hmm. the same jokes were funny every time I saw them. And I was punished by these trailers over and over again this year going to see movies. Probably saw that trailer, like, a dozen times in theaters and then several times when we talked about it when we were watching it for reviewing. I've laughed every time. Like, they just were really good jokes and deliveries. Booty hole. Exactly. The piss thing. Love the piss thing. I, I think I already revealed my hand. Okay. Happy Death Day is my best trailer of the year nominee. Let's hear your pitch for Happy Death Day, and then I'll give you my pitch for Girl Strip. Okay. So, Happy Death Day got us both real good. We reviewed it with Andrew Butcher. We didn't get to really deep dive, because I think we were on a time crunch that day. Everybody was in agreement that, like, this is an instance of one of those dumb studio board meetings of, what if we do Groundhog's Day as a blank? You know, let's mash up this and this. And it's pretty apparent when movies do that, and it's just, like, a big eye roll. Yes. But for this one, I was like, yes, do that. That's perfect. <laughs> and we've seen some other Groundhog Day incarnations. Because have we seen it in a horror film is my Not question. Not yet. Or there was kind of like thriller elements in that YA Before I Fall. Um, there was sci-fi elements in uh, the Tom Cruise Live, one. Die, repeat. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. And uh, in this one, it was kind of its first, as far as I can recall, I think I would realize this if, if it was done elsewhere, where it's done in a, in a straight-up horror movie, uh, but the, also like a comedic horror movie. Like, it's it's got a good sense of humor. It's... Uh, dabbling in the trope of like the masked killer, but it's straight up just being like, this is goofy. Mm-hmm. It's a guy in the baby mask. It was the mascot of the school. <laughs> I just like little details like that. The lead actress being kind of a not likable character, kind of in a Groundhog's Day kind of way. Of course, they did acknowledge like, oh, this is like Groundhog's Day in the movie itself, yes. which is like 
cool. So we know what we're stealing from and the intention, much like when you sample a song in a hip hop song is like that, that listener or that viewer or whatever, they would go to the source material and be like, oh, now I'll educate myself with this. So it's good to wear your influences on your sleeve. But I think they did a cool way of like making it its own thing. And, and the did, trailer itself, yeah. I think is where it like shone the best. I didn't see this film. Did the film live up to the trailer? Yeah, I was really into the movie and it plays like an extension of the trailer. All the things that you see are there. And like, it's really hard with a movie like that where like, you know, they're going for this technique mostly because it's a budget constraint type thing. Like, oh, we can just kind of shoot the same scenes over and over again and that's how we get our movie. But there's an art form to that of like not making it boring because you keep seeing the same things happen over again. And our good pal Bear, who did the score, did this really interesting thing where he took his main theme for day one mm-hmm. and degraded it over time. So every day That's you're experiencing cool. the same stuff. The soundtrack is like familiar, but it's getting weirder and spookier. That's and cool. He used his daughter's voice, like all voice manipulated to be the screechy kind of baby sound effects, which are <laughs> kind of like hinting at the at the killer character. Um, so it just did a really good thing with knowing its genre, fulfilling the expectations of that genre, and since it's two genres, mm-hmm. fulfilling both without being like super trite or boring and make it pretty fun. I could tweak a couple things here and there about the actual movie, sure. but, the trailer but the trailer did it for me. I need to see this film because that's a strong contender. Happy Death Day is probably my strong number two mm-hmm. choice. I think the most impressive thing about that trailer is everything that I typically hate, I liked in this one. In the same vein that Happy Death Day had a lot of work to win me over, so mm. did Girls Trip. Our complaint throughout this entirety of Movie Babies is mm. comedy trailers keep fucking up their jokes. Yep, they give you the baby with the bathwater. And here in Girls Trip, there were a lot of funny jokes in that trailer. And I was like, well, I'm going to watch the movie, and no way am I going to A, laugh at those jokes. They're not going to be as good. In the movie, not only did I laugh at those jokes, they all took their own unique spins in some way. Mm. The song, That's My Girl, Mm -hmm. that song was in my head forever. I like the montage of that trailer where you're kind of getting hints of like some of the hijinks going on, like them dancing, Queen Latifah, she's like making out with someone yeah, or yeah, yeah. something like really like, she's whoa. Like, she jumps on the dude who, on the swing thing, like at the <laughs> end, kind of grinds on that dude. Yeah, so you got yeah. a lot of like more of the risky things happening in that montage that caught my interest. Even the the spelling of G-I-R. Right, yeah. Again, tricks that I usually hate in other trailers, <laughs> but this one, I was just like, pumped up Mm -hmm. and then besides coco girl's trip was probably my other favorite film of the year year. because it's just a great movie we went into great detail about that in our massive college years review of it yes all around pretty exceptional in the actual film there's more heart to it than you expected for sure so perhaps one weakness of the trailer could be that maybe they should have hinted a little more of that like oh this isn't just a funny movie there's also going to be some heart to it. See, I think I'm glad they didn't do yeah. that in the trailer because that probably would have, like, it sold me as this is going to be the funniest comedy yes. of the year, of which it is. And the heart was a nice sponge cake to put all that frosting on. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, who knew there's actual, like, substance underneath this? Or, or, or to work with that analogy, it'd be like, 
hey, Sean, come on over. I'm going to have this um, cake party. Yeah. But also, but also <laughs> during this cake party, uh-huh. there's going to be broccoli and some carrots. And you'd be like, what? Mm-hmm. But if you came to my cake party yeah. and you started eating the cake, you eventually I'd put some like a veggie platter off on the side. Mm-hmm. You'd have so much sugar, you know, when you overload on mm-hmm. it, you'd be like, man, I... I need, oh, I'm not feeling well. It's like <laughs> when you're drinking, which I have no knowledge of, uh-huh. but I think you're supposed to drink water a lot. Sorry, did we just take a tangential <laughs> analogy in your analogy? Are we a dream within a dream here? Yeah, I just inception this. Okay, just don't go worry. Ahead. Keep going. The, the top is still spinning. Mm-hmm. So, and then you drink water, you go on that sugar rush, right? Mm-hmm. That's my wheelhouse. Sometimes you just need a, I need a carrot. Yeah. To like bring you back down. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, oh, there's this carrots here and ranch, and you get a little dip and you bite on that, and then you can go back to that sugar cake. <laughs> okay. So it was like that girls' trip. It was very much like that. Um, I think you just sold me. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think Happy Death Day was a good trailer, <laughs> but I think Girls' Trip was the best trailer of the year. That wins so, the movie this year. The, the first annual movie award for best trailer of the year, Girls, Girls Trip. Strip. Ooh, that's that Shaka Zulu right there. That's my You know I got some bomb-ass kush if you want to take a hit. Where did you hide? Where the sun don't shine. You know what? It can cause a lot of infection. Girl, you can't get no infection in your booty hole. It's a booty hole. It's That leaves us only one category of movies left, but before we do that, we should probably take a look back at some of the movie baby lost to the side of the road, dead carcassed lines on the ban list. Yes, Sean. These... Yes, Sean. I'm trying to be like. Are the you reading pre- the teleprompter? Yeah, I'm trying to be like the presenter. Like a bad Warren Beatty situation <laughs> here. Don't give this to the wrong recipient. <laughs> Don't fucking do this. Don't la la land me. Yes, Sean. That's right. We have lost some awful lines and scenes this year. The official movie babies ban list is about things we no longer want to see in movie trailers anymore. And so hit the music. I don't know if I'll... Oh, yeah, that's good. One, I don't even know what that means. Sing, episode three. Two, it all started here, but I'm getting ahead of myself. A dog's purpose, episode four. Three, I've never been more humiliated. I've never been more humiliated in my life. The Boss Baby, episode six. Four, that's what she said. Triple X, Return of Xander Cates, episode eight. Five, you have no idea what you're up against. Triple X, Return of Xander Cates, episode eight. Six, you have 24 hours to solve this case or you're fired. AKA, you have X amount of time to X the thing or you're X'd. Chips, episode 15. Seven, Trust No One, Atomic Blonde, episode 22. Eight, We're Not Gonna Die Here, 
Not today. The Mountain Between Us. Episode 28. 9. ACDC. Death Wish. Flatners. Episode 30. 10. Spooky Kids Singing Spooky Nursery Rhymes. The Watcher in the Woods. Episode 34. 11. Chosen Ones. A Wrinkle in Time. Episode 40. Thank you, and I hope you all burn in hell. Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. I could not, for the life of me, remember the B melody to the Jurassic Park theme song when we were doing that. The ending phrase, I can't remember. I just kept making it up. Yeah, no, you were close, because in the second part, they go underwater, and then Mm, they sing the song. exactly. Well, sad to see those lines go. Unfortunately, Hollywood's still not listening to us, and continuously putting back in black in almost every trailer. Well, Sean, mm-hmm. we've had fun here tonight, mm-hmm. but now it's time to get serious. The worst trailer of the year. Do you have some nom- nominations? I do. I have two nominations, and one I think is a controversial nomina- nominee in that I don't remember when we reviewed it. Mm. I'm talking about the film Life. Yes. Which was a broke dick aliens cash grab at gravity or like covenant or like name your outer space dilemma picture i feel like we reviewed it maybe you're right maybe it was in that super bowl episode episode 11 super bowl trailers Mm -hmm. we might have reviewed a tv trailer for life you know what that's exactly what we did we did and what we found with that trailer was it had the most jarring high-pitched squeal sound effect throughout most of the trailer as it's bois it just went like crazy screechy shutter sound <laughs> that culminates at the end when Jake Gyllenhaal is like in the little red light room and it and the he's like halfway in the containment suit and the lights are flickering and it was so jarring and hurtful for just like whatever 30 second length that was on top of that compounding with the fact that every time i went to the movies this trailer I'd be barraged with it, and I think they even like pushed it back, so it just kept being played and being played and being played forever. It was a terrible movie. I did see it. It's not a. It's not about the movie. It's about the trailer, but the trailer itself is agonizing. Every time it would come on, I would get so mad. My other nominee, which is maybe a more sure thing, is the first. I believe it's the first Transformers. Uh, Knights of the Round Table. Do you believe? Yeah. Got the agonizing Flaming Lips cover. It's got the horrible voiceover by fucking Westworld shithead. What's his name? Oh, yes. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, that guy. Tony Hopkins doing his, like, life is precious since the beginning of time. These Transformers have been blah, 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 blah. That's horrible. Get the weird... Transformers as Knights thing. We get the weird post-apocalypse thing. It's a lot of slow-mo, stutter editing. It just was punishing to live out that summer knowing that I have to see a Transformers trailer every time I wanted to go see a movie. Transformers on my list as well. Yeah. I think we reviewed maybe three trailers from that oh, yeah. pile of shit. Mm-hmm. And none of them were good. No. There's an even weirder one where... It's from the point of view of the girl 
and it makes the film look like it's some sort of children's movie, like from the protagonist's point of view of the kid. Mm -hmm. There's a Transformer war going on, but we're seeing it through this junkyard group of kids. Yes. And it almost looks like she has like real world confessions to the camera type thing. Yes, like she's speaking to the camera and it doesn't mention like the King Arthur, Anthony Hopkins shit. No, because that movie's probably six hours long with like a different movie every hour. Yes, and so that's, I'm marking that as a negative because it reeks of desperation (laughs) that look, we're going to create three different types of trailers. They could all be different movies and you would never know mm-hmm. because this movie's that bad yeah. and we're trying to reach everybody. And that pisses me off, Hollywood. It does. Don't lie to me. <laughs> the Watcher in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Because that explains it all. Cannot explain that trailer to us. My Little Pony. My two top nominees are, one, Rough Night. Mm-hmm. Wasn't funny. No. It was awkwardly paced. Mm-hmm. Kate McKinnon mm-hmm. is doing the weirdest accent. Doesn't work. There's some fat shaming going on. Mm-hmm. But my nomination is Death Wish. Okay. But mainly, I'm nominating Death Wish for the terrible, awful message it's sending. Yep. In this day and age, to do a movie where it's, hey, white dude, mm-hmm. are you fed up of minorities yeah, I and am. people taking over your country? Yeah, I am. The only way to defend yourself is to buy a gun. Gotta shoot those minorities. You need to shoot people. In that trailer, we see him getting revenge on people in the most sadistic way, mm-hmm. like weirdly trying to charmingly outsmart people. Like there's a scene with the therapist mm-hmm. where she's like, oh, tell me your problems. You look great. And she's like, just keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, <laughs> and he looks at the camera and he's like, you mean killing black people and Mexicans? <laughs> I can do that. The Transformer movie makes me mad in a different way. Yep. I don't think a trailer pissed me off as much as Death Wish. Yep. Obviously, I'm fully in agreement that it's more damaging to put out a movie like this, and they even had to can it for a while and like silently kind of roll it out later. It's just now coming out, yeah, because when it was first coming out, it was more like I think some events happened where it was like cops shooting up yeah, black kids. There's or like, like never a day where there yeah. isn't, so you really can't put out this movie with like good self. Uh, feelings about like Eli Roth can't roll this movie out and be like this was the day that it was okay to do it because tomorrow is a school shooting tomorrow is a minority killed by a white police officer like there's it's bad idea well, never a good time for this idea and so Sean what do you think the difference between like Death Wish is versus like The Punisher or like some of these like Batman vigilante heroes because they're obviously trying to present him in a way, as a vigilante, or yeah. he's above the law. Here's the thing. Maybe we go into a little bit of the actual movie to get our context for this. Mm-hmm. In the movie, like in the Charles Bronson movie. Have you seen yes, both movies? Saw it, okay. I saw it uh, the other night. In the movie, Bruce Willis is a pacifist, had a rough time when he was a kid. Like he was a kind of a scrapper, but has become a pacifistic surgeon. And he works in Chicago, and all these people, gunshot wound victims, come in through his door all day long, and he's got to, like, try to save 
the cop who just got shot but can't and dies and but he can save the kid who shot the cop and like there's all this kind of complexity with like oh you know he's seeing all this violence whatever he's trying to be just this really like separated kind of dude but these burglars break into his house and they kill his wife and injure put into a coma his daughter okay and he goes fucking mental because all he loves in his whole fucking world is these his family yes when he goes into vigilante mode now, mind you, they're killed by a mixed race group of bumbling fuck ups. There's, there's a Mexican guy okay. in the gang. There's white people in the gang. Okay. He goes after all of them. Fine, I guess that's like our <laughs> like our. Uh, that's uh, our compromise. Yeah, that's our compromise. <laughs> but what he does to drum up his enthusiasm for going out and killing people is he starts fucking... Specifically, these scenes are not integrated. He goes and he finds a black guy and a Mexican, and he battles with them. He finds some carjackers that are of different ethnicities other than white. He shoots that guy. Like, so he's not even connected to no. this main... He's this is working up the gumption as like Sway in the Morning says in the trailer. He's just like going around being this like little renegade dude. And everyone's just like, I don't know, some white guy did it. And that's what he's kind of getting away with, with this kind of like reverse, like of what I guess because culturally it's common to say all ethnicities look the same, that now like we're flipping it, that like this white guy's going. If you see a Bruce Willis in a hoodie, that's fucking Bruce Willis in a hoodie. Like It's the sad old man did it. I don't know. It just seemed like so flimsy. And then he goes and he shoots the ice cream man in the trailer. And like, it's just, you're seeing the representation, the actual actions that he's doing are take, taken out mostly on minorities with this tiny little silver lining of like, every once in a while I'll cut to a black character, like kind of commenting on like a radio show or whatever, being like, he saved one black person. <laughs> like the kid that got shot by the ice cream man, he was black. Yeah. So this is good, right? Like Chicago's pretty mixed. There wouldn't there be a lot of like, uh, criminals that are of non-white descent and at the very end of the movie when you think he's retired from being this vigilante mm -hmm. he sees an Asian guy steal something and he does gun fingers at him roll credits fucking ACDC <laughs> back in black holy fuck no fucking awful Hey, you stole something? I think the equivalent to that is murder. Yeah. So Death Wish is clearly the victor of worst trailer of the year. Jeez. Are you clicking a pen over there? I was uh, clicking this pen. Oh no. Put that pen down. We've learned nothing. <laughs> well, I feel like we did a service by crowning the worst trailer of the year, Death Wish. Dead Wish, Mom! The men who did it are out there. So there's nothing that you can do? Is that what you're saying? If a man really wants to protect what's his... I want to buy a gun. He has to do it for himself. You're not a cop! Somebody has to do it! You're cocked, locked, and ready to work. Fuck you, Bruce Willis. Fuck you, Eli Roth. Is this like the E! Entertainment? <laughs> television after post award yeah, ceremony, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. roundup. Okay. <clears throat> hey, I'm here. What a great night it's been. A lot of beautiful people, uh, you know, wearing sneakers and That's barely right, pants. Sean. I fell asleep halfway through the thing. <laughs> talked a lot about the same shit that they talked about in the episodes that they talked about them in. Oh yeah, probably one of the most boring episodes yet, Sean. Well, to, you to round it out, here's what won some awards. Well, no surprise, best trailer of the year was Girl's Trip. 
Yep, that's a movie that those guys liked a lot. I think there's some weird reverse racism going on there. Worst trailer of the year was Death Wish. Uh-huh, and I think they're trying to make up for that reverse racism with a non-racist statement. Best trailer to worst movie, Star Wars, Last Jedi. Those guys hate Star Wars. <laughs> they're racist against Star Wars. Worst trailer to best movie, Coco. Oh, uh, yeah, blame it on the Mexicans, guys. Worst remixing of a pop song, Justice League Heroes trailer. Recorded in Berlin, uh, smells like Nazism to me. And the NBCU, Movie Baby Cinematic Universe, award the Breakfast Cereal Universal Monsters. There's not even a black one. <laughs> Wait, is, Wait, is it <laughs> Count Chocolate? <laughs> I mean, it's in his name, Sean. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for, thanks for coming out for the first annual Movies Award. I guess if you wanted to, if you were like some kind of Jed Bailey, you'd probably post your own winners to these categories. Do, Jed. Oh, I should mention that. On Facebook. The Movie Baby of the Year mm -hmm. was indeed Jed Bailey, where we christened him that because Regal gave him the Regal Lifetime customer. Achievement Award. Yeah. That's right. And so we tried to one-up it. So so next year, we someone's going to... He's going to have to defend his title. So he'll defend his title as well. Nice. So Jed ba Bailey, watch out. You got some Mubays coming after you. Maybe what we can do next year is like have... That'll be the thing that you win. Like if you're Mubay of the year, then you get to be on the episode. The, the awards. Oh, this one, yeah. And co-host. That'd be cool. Or red carpet. Oh, boy. Brutal stuff. <laughs> I hope you learned something, though. I learned that we don't know how to shut up. That's good, because it's a podcast. I guess you're right. And if you're like me, you listen to it because you hate yourself and you just want... You need to have, like, new... <laughs> you need you need new voices in your head to shut up the other ones. So if there were, like, podcast... Wait, are there podcast awards? Probably, right? Probably. I mean, we don't know about them. Because... No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't ever know. But probably, like, what's, what's, like, congruent with best podcast is also, like, shortest podcast, right? Like... You would think so. But people <laughs> love... Like, they always want more, right? They're Do always they? like, give me the special features. Give me the bonus content. I guess. Did we get some praise this week? Mm -hmm. We got our first ever fan email. What? And I'm using the word fan loosely because that's yeah. a weird term. Mm -hmm. Ross W. from Linwood, Washington gave us a shout out that said his cousin Aaron recommended the show and he's been a loyal listener ever since. He even liked the Girls Trip Analysts. <laughs> so there you go. We just went on and on in that episode and someone liked it. I especially liked it since a room full of guys were able to look at a female-centric film and still work in a five-minute run of dick jokes. Mm -hmm. We did that. That basically should be on our poster. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when it's like when you get like your report card at the end of the year, and the teacher's like telling your parents, like, "Well, the essay was supposed to be about feminism, but Devin and Sean wrote about their dicks for five paragraphs." It's like, what, what are we praising here? I don't know. C plus. Yeah. Oh, here we go. My job allows me to listen to a crap ton of podcasts, and I make sure that your show is always near the top of my playlist. So long episodes. Ross, do you, I, are, Ross do you work the it. door at a strip club? What is your job? <laughs> Let me, like, tear down the veil of, like, praise going on here to let you know. Show them how the ham is made. Yeah. 
to let you know that Ross W. is yes. cousin of Aaron Wahlborg, my childhood friend. Oh. So this isn't a stranger who somehow stumbled upon our podcast in good faith and just was like, oh, these two people seem fascinating. No, there's like almost a blood connection, so... But this guy isn't your friend. No, you don't he's know the cousin right. of my friend. But he has no stakes in listening. That's his own choice, Sean. And to me, that's a victory. <laughs> I'll take him where I can see him. Maybe, also, yeah, maybe Ross and Aaron have such a horrible relationship that the only way Ross can talk to Aaron is by somehow mining his what he's been into to be like, oh, look, I listened to this too. Now can we have like a relationship? Mm -hmm. Please don't shut me out of your life. I wonder if they hate watch it as much as we hate watch movies. Perhaps. Like, we also got a ton of new Facebook likes. A ton? What qualifies a ton? Like six or seven. Wow, that is a ton. <laughs> it took us like six months to do that last time. Hmm. So I'll give some shout outs. Mike Graves has been on the show. Oh, okay. So a guy that was on the show, <laughs> okay. like months later, likes the Facebook. Let me uh, show you how the ham is made on this one. Mm -hmm. I found out that you can force people to like your page by like inviting them specifically. Oh, uh, okay. So I was like, oh, let me try this. And I tried it on a bunch of people. That's like a fucking gun to the head tactic. Oh, yeah. I know. definitely, like, death wish, <laughs> death tripped them. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you have to do it now or we're not friends anymore. Mm -hmm. So uh, Sarah, Amanda, Gary. Um, yeah, sure. These are real people. Shannon. And lastly, my mother. Oh, it's about time, Mom. I should also mention that I was recently on a podcast, mm -hmm. and I was interviewed, which was very weird. Was it worse or better than our other tangential podcast appearance on the Everything is Awesome podcast? <laughs> well, I can answer that for you, because I wasn't there, so it must have been better. So I guest starred on Bellingham Art Beats, mm -hmm. which is a show that Shannon does. I'll say this. She did a fantastic job not making me sound like a complete idiot. Oh, nice. She has the editing skills that we do not possess. Interesting. She did a really good job on that episode. And also in that episode, I talk a little bit about our origin story of mm -hmm. the movie Babies. How we were conceived by our parents. How we can, yep. Mm -hmm. Very graphic, mm -hmm. very cool. wet. Cool. So I would suggest... Listening to that interview, if you want. She also knows how to keep an episode short, so... Man, teach we, us your ways, <laughs> Shannon. We got a lot to learn from that. You can find her show, Bellingham Art Beat, on Makeshift Radio, KZAX, LPFM, 94.9, Bellingham Art Beat, da, da, da. And the website is bellinghamartbeat.wordpress.com. And so, Sean, I guess that's, you know, we're, we're coming up to episode 50. Ugh. We've, we've been a year in this, and we have our own award show now. Like, <laughs> things are already looking up. You, you act like we earned that somehow. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give We your... just bestowed upon you your own awards, so. Yeah, we're on the same level as the Nickelodeon Awards. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter. You can mm -hmm. like us on Facebook, like our great fans. You can email us, like Ross, moviebabiespodcast at gmail.com. You can find everything you need Movie Babies related at our website, moviebabies.com. Because, Sean, yes. when you don't have time for a two-minute trailer, 
Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit. Because that's the movie, babies. 